Mission week is coming up next week. We are doing missions as we look at our fasting. And uh, I don't want to use this opportunity to launch like a strategy for next week, but I will speak a few things the Lord put in my spirit that can take you further and further in your walk. Are we ready for them? I don't look at a prayer season like an activity. I look at it as a lifestyle that anybody can adapt. That's why on Friday we talked about tears, things that you can do long after the fasting is over. You can continue to do them as part of your Christian uh, lifestyle. This morning, and even yesterday, the Lord began to speak to me about some very deep things, and some of which, almost 60%, Pastor shared this morning. Then I said, wow, soko ni moja. We all shop from the same market. In fact, I almost stopped him. I was like, boss, where were you? Were we together yesterday? When he was mentioning those things in those descending order, I was like, God, this man is preaching the message I wanted to bring to you. And that means my work is now easier just to finish from where I left. Are we ready? I want to speak about the power of missioning with the heart of Jesus. Or what we call missioning with the heart of Jesus. Allow me to begin with a very funny incident that took place in Joshua chapter 12 before I go to my main text. If you can turn with me to Joshua, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, then Joshua, then Judges, then Ruth. Now, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's a sign I went to Sunday school when I was young. <laughs> Deuteronomy, Joshua. Good. So, Joshua chapter 12. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 12, there's a song I was hearing, one of those songs. Deuteronomy, no, Joshua chapter 12, Joshua chapter 12, from verse 7 to the last verse. The Bible says, here is a list of kings of the land that Joshua and the Israelites conquered on the west side of Jordan. From Baal-Gad in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Alak, which rises towards Seir, Joshua gave their lands as an inheritance to the tribe, tribes of Israel according to their tribal divisions. The lands included hill country, the western foothills, the Araba, the mountains, uh, slopes, the wilderness, and the Negev. These were the lands of the Etites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Evites, and Jebusites. These were their kings. Now the kings are listed. The king of Jericho, one. The king of Al, one. The king of Jerusalem, one. The king of Hebron, one. The king of Jamuth, one. Lachish, one. The king of Eglon, one. Until the last king, 31 kings in all. Allow me to pause there. People of God. By the time somebody is becoming king, most likely he has given everything to be king. Is it true? If he had a career, he stopped the career to direct it to leadership for him to become king. If he had a wife that he loved, he pushed the needs of the wife aside just to be king. If he had children, he pushed the attention that he was to give them just to be king. If he was a, a, somebody sickly with health issues, he pushed his health aside just to be king. 
If even he had time to go to church, he pushed it aside just to be king. Everything was done to make some of these people king. And not only everything, it meant even some of them offering their souls to their gods to make them king, to give them territories, to give them power, to give them wealth, to give them influence. Then Joshua, oh God, bless Joshua. Joshua, the type of Christ, comes and he gives them one summary. Joshua does not give them two summaries. Joshua does not even tell us their achievements. Joshua does not even tell us their issues, whether they were good or bad, their health, whether their health was poor or rich, their sense of marriage, whether the marriage was stable or not stable, their sense of, 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 of spirituality, whether they were spiritual or not. Joshua does not give us details. He only says, I conquered one, I conquered one, I conquered one. He counts them like groundnuts. These men have given everything. These men have fought battles that are bloody. These men have built cities. Some cities were mentioned after their fathers. These men have done everything that it can take to get to the top. Now they are at the top. And the son of Nun, who is a type of Christ, comes with judgment and he says, You king, you are just one. I conquered you. Next, you, I conquered you. You, I conquered you. You, I conquered you. When we talk about missions, we are talking about doing things that will matter. Not things that will be summarized in number one, 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 one. And you are bundled with 30 people and all of you look like fools. Though before men, you are kings. Are you hearing me? When God meets the centurion, God, let me tell you something about the centurion. In Matthew chapter 8, I like that story. The centurion meets Jesus and a summary is given that was awkward. Why was the summary awkward? Because to be, a, to be a centurion, there were three ways. Number one, the senate under Caesar could sit and appoint you a centurion because of a political favor, much of which you really deserved. Number two, the other thing that could happen to make you a centurion, when the people went to battle, and sometimes the battle could take weeks and months, even three or five years, they are still fighting and circling a city. The first guy to break through and take the city could become a centurion. To be a centurion was not a matter of I went to school and I got employed in the government. It was the most valiant thing you could do as an officer in the Roman Empire. The other way to be a centurion is to report to the academy and to train as a soldier and to climb up the ranks with integrity intact, with your discipline intact, with your health intact. To be a centurion, they did not have time for people who are weak. They had only time for the best of the best. Jesus meets the centurion. He gives him a summary. He says, hey, of all men I've seen in Israel, I have never seen a man with this kind of faith. All his military exploits pushed aside. All his votes in the Senate pushed aside. All the favors he had done to the government pushed aside. One summary from Jesus that truly mattered. Great is your faith. And God meets Abraham. Abraham has a negative history. Oh, I don't have a child. 
a negative history. Oh, my people are worshipping the moon. A negative history. Oh, I'm getting old and have no heir to my throne. Oh, a negative history. Oh, my wife, even the womb is dead. God looks at Abraham and he says, you are my friend. History, no history. Negative, no negative. You are my friend. The Lord told me, do not fit in the program of the people. Speak my heart to them. And tell them, beyond next week when we are praying about the missions the Lord wants for us, there is a lifestyle you need to conduct. A lifestyle that will truly matter. A lifestyle that will count. But long after this world is over, you stand before Jesus and your summary does not disappoint. There is a summary for each one of us. Peter, the chief apostle, done. Whether he was fishing and he was fishing 300 fish per day or 400 fish per day, when it came to Peter, there was one summary. Chief apostle, done. Book closed. And we sometimes worry about the fish we are not catching. Sometimes we are worrying about the trends in the market. Sometimes we are worrying about the weather. Sometimes we are getting worried about the grades. And we don't remember that when it comes to Jesus, there is only one summary. Did you touch my heart or did you not touch my heart? Did you know my heart or did you not know my heart? All the men in the Bible had a summary. David, a man after God's own heart. How many battles did he fight? We are not told the accurate number. How much was the gold that was put on his head as king? We are not told the kilograms. But one summary. A man after my own heart. If I was a preacher, I would say, turn to your neighbor, ask him what is your summary. But that is besides the point. Ask yourself in your heart, who am I? As the Lord is summarizing this thing called my life. Who am I touching? What am I touching? For what reason am I touching what I am touching? So, we can now go to our scripture. That the man of God read in the morning. And I'll be putting a special emphasis on the heartbeat of Jesus. Pastor Kimani, allow me to relate an incident. <laughs> our two churches, Carlos knows that. He was in our last Kesha in 2013 with his chauffeur. After that, I closed the two churches. I went and sat before Jesus. As I sat there, people called me names. How do you close a church? Not just one, but two. My grandfather, <laughs> that guy, is called Ruben. My grandfather said, you had many followers. What have you done to yourself? At least my grandson was becoming something. And everybody had a disappointment that they nursed. Then I sat before Jesus. And the Lord began to show me how vain and how, how much useless was the fact that I was a pastor with the two churches. And how much his heartbeat is what matters. Because he took me to the day of judgment. I began to see man after man. And questions were asked. This was the question. Did you know my heart? 
Oh, but I preached, no. Did you know my heart? But I was prayerful. Did you know my heart? But I was so busy touching the world. Did you know my heart? And up to that time, I was busy preaching. I was busy ministering. I was busy prophesying. But I had not known that the most important thing in the whole world and in the whole heaven is the heartbeat of Jesus. Do you know when he's angry? Do you know when he's sad? Do you know when he's happy? Do you know who he is away from and who he's close to? Do you know the heartbeat of Jesus? Allow me to relate a second example before I read the scripture. 2013, the same year, I was about to close the church. I left the house to go to church. In my suit, it was a blue suit with a red tie, white shirt, I remember. And I had my money to take the mat to church. Suddenly, a young girl appeared in front of me. I didn't know where she came from, but she was a young girl. And she was not looking at my eyes. She just said, Nisaide Nachakula, help me with the food. And I said, this money is fixed. One, I need to take a mat. Number two, there is somebody who had promised money. I had every excuse not to give her the money. She looked at my feet and said, I need food. I don't have food. So, I felt led by the Lord to give her the whole money, but I wanted to give her part of the money. Finally, I gave her the whole money. I say, God bless you. Go have your food. That evening, Prophet Judah called me. He said, man of God, the Lord has told me to come to your house. He has a message for you. The Lord told Judah something that changed my life to death. The message when he arrived at my house was this. The Lord Jesus is saying, thank you In the morning, you gave me food. I was testing you. I camouflaged like a poor girl without food, and I stood before you, and I watched your heart, and I watched your priority. Thank you that you fed me, because that was not a girl, that was me. And I began to beg the Lord, how do I not miss it? He told me, stop your program, make me the only program. Stop your hurry, hurry. Stop your, I have five minutes to go. Stop that minute, stop those hours. And make me the only thing that you are pursuing. If I am angry, get angry. When I am happy, be happy. I know some of you want to be CEOs, some of you want to be MPs, others want to be whatever. But listen to me, in the Bible, we don't have careers as summary. We only have people who knew the heart of Jesus versus those who did not know the heart of Jesus. What did these kings do? We are not told. We are only told one, 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 one. To God, they were just but a number. Achievement, no achievement. Dominion, no dominion. Power, no power. The heartbeat of Jesus is missions. Not what people write on the website and call missions. Not what people do on TV and call missions. Not what people go to school for and call missions. The heartbeat of Jesus. Allow me to quote John 6, 27 to 29, where the Bible says, God has put his seal of approval on the Son, On the sun. Not on the followers of the sun. On the sun. (laughs) Maybe you could read it. 
before we go to the scripture of the day. Bible says from verse 27, do not work for food that spoils, but food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him has the Father put a seal of approval. It means, my dear sister, let me explain. Let's make the service a bit dramatic. Uh, my sister, come. Just as barefoot as you are. Just come. And face the crowd. Let me get these two children. Come this side. Come this side. Come. Oh, you fear people. Come. Stand there. Let's make some drama. It means this. When God looks from heaven at men, he does not look at men. He looks at his son. So to get his approval, line up behind his son. Don't be on your own. Now, when you look at Felix and, uh, and uh, this guy called Paul, all of them were Roman citizens. All of them lived in the same era. Possibly all of them went to the same law school. Paul decided to stick out with Jesus and Jesus alone, while Felix decided to stick up with the government and the politics of the day. Now, to the world, Felix was the imperial majesty. He was the king. He was the governor. He was the ruler. But to heaven, Felix was forgotten. I am sorry to say, even to date, some of you have no idea there is somebody in Acts chapter 24 called Felix. Felix is the one who tried Paul, but to date we don't remember him. John Egy was making a joke in his book, Seven Habits of Success, Seven or whatever, Secrets of Success. He was saying, to date we, mention, we name our children Paul, while our dogs we call Felix. If you have a relative called Felix, forgive me, okay? I'm just quoting John Egy. <laughs> oh Christ, there's a Felix. <laughs> May the anointing increase. <laughs> now, a day comes for generation of the same people. People living in the same century, same decade to choose. Who will I hang out for? I am brilliant. I am a lawyer. But I choose to hang behind Jesus. Every city has somebody called Paul to death. The glory and the reward God promised Paul has not yet happened in the future. It has already happened in the present life. It is not stupid to serve Jesus. It is not a waste to waste for him, to live for him, to bleed for him, to suffer for him. It is not a waste. Why do I say this three? There was government, but there was also the traditions. Paul had these options, okay? Government, he had tradition like the Sanhedrin. And they came to choose. Who will give him his identity? Who will give him his sense of purpose? Who will he be going to bed thinking about? Who will he go to prison writing letters about? Have you discovered that Christians can say Jesus, Jesus, till they go to prison? And now Jesus is replaced with mom and government and all these people they say have forgotten them. Paul goes to prison when he leaves his pen to put to the paper Jesus. When he's stoned by the crowd, Jesus. When he lacks food, Jesus. When he's shipwrecked in the sea and for 14 days he does not know whether he will live or die, Jesus. 
By the time Paul is done, this generation and the previous generation were forever changed. Did he invent some technology? No. Did he make some good speech? No. Was he even voted for? No. It is Felix who was voted for. Actually, Paul did not have a salary or pension. It was Felix with salary and pension and a good name. Who are you lining behind? Who are you lining behind? And you can say, but I, I am saved. Yes, you are saved, but your heart beat. Who is it crying for? What is it crying for? We are going to missions, but our mission is not so complicated. <laughs> we are not going to clean the streets, save the poor, heal the sick, that kind of thing. No, we are beginning with our priorities. Centering only on the heartbeat of Jesus. Now we may look lazy. We may look like we are not changing the world as fast as you want. But at least when the bell rings, when the trumpet sounds, we will be found with the seal of approval. Because the one we bow to will give us what he receives from the Father. Keep standing there. Luke chapter 4, which the pastor read is a beautiful manifesto that Jesus used to launch his ministry from verse 18. The Bible says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, Every day Jesus woke up in the morning. Now we are going practical. Every day Jesus woke up in the morning. By the time he went to sleep at night, there was a poor man who was smiling. There was a blind man who was seeing. There was an oppressed man who was getting free. There was somebody in contradiction whose life was straightened out. Our job is not to make money. Money is to follow us. Our job is to ask ourselves, the day I woke up this morning, by the time I've gone to bed, when I saw that oppressed man, what did I do for Jesus? When I saw that poor man, how much fuel did I add to his empty tank? When I saw that blind man, how much did I take time patiently to give him some sight, to show him the way? Every day Jesus woke up, he had a target. It was like he had a notebook where he has these sick people who must be healed, he has these blind people who must see, he has these people with oppression who must be set free. The mission is about Jesus. The mission is not about getting rich and the mission is not about getting famous. The mission is about arresting the heartbeat of Jesus. The heartbeat of Jesus is contained in that look for from verse 17, as we have read. Now allow me to concentrate on two that will change your life. We find it in Isaiah chapter 42. This will change your life if you open your heart to receive it. The Bible says in verse 1 going down, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. 
and a smoldering wick you will not snuff out. Allow me to begin with a very shocking story and do not judge me after this, okay? I had a friend who was known in this city as a practicing prostitute and homosexual. Wow. And everybody say, look at him, wicked. One day I sat with him down. I asked him, can you tell me what happened to make you this loose, to make you this wretched and this careless? He told me, my brother, I was eight years old. I didn't have a father. I went to see an uncle whom I looked up to as my only father. And he began to rape me. And for, for six years till I was 14, I was continuously raped by this guy. I went to church to tell them what had happened. Nobody was listening. My parents said I was the bad guy. So I said, wow, let me prove I am the bad guy. By the time I met one man who believed in my story, who gave me a chance to heal, I was on my way to the ministry to date. I am a man of God. I wish I could mention his name, but all of you know him. But that is a story between me and him. Here is my servant. Here is my servant. Not there, here. There are people God calls my servant. Now, these are the people who, when they find a bruised reed, do not bruised reed. I wish I could get a stick or a pen, a pen for breaking. Somebody whose pen I can break? Please, the preacher need to preach. How much is a pen? Ten, Bob? Now, may your children be written of all over the world. Now, Christ. Okay. Now, Jesus met bruised people. Another word for bruised is broken. And every day he had a chance either to break them further and damage them or to restore them. Because this pen is now bro broken, it is behaving funny, looking funny, and everybody cannot buy it. Yet these are the pens Jesus wants to be bought. I stand here after long broken sessions of a past life. But there's somebody called Jesus who gave me a chance using men and women who had insight. A bruised reed he will not break. Meaning, this thing is not beyond repair. It is only damaged. Somebody needs to give it a chance. This person is called Jesus. But now that he has given us the priority and the opportunity to go out there, we have a job to do. Our job is to help him to repair what is broken. So this friend of mine goes with his broken story and for several years nobody could give him a listening ear. Why? The world has no time for broken things. And to an extent... The church also has no time for broken things. When we talk about missions, we are not talking about you becoming a preacher. Not all of you can be preachers. But 
all of you can and should be Christians. A man came to me, he was full of bitterness, he was full of sloth, he was full of demons. And he told me, I am a bad guy, I can even kill. I told him, I know you can kill, but let me give you a chance and call you my brother. We met with him yesterday. God is my witness, we met with him yesterday. One day he told me, young man, you are the age of my son, but you handled me like we are regiments. You handled me like we truly were born in the same village. But when I go home, my son wants to fight with me. He wants to kick me. He hires thugs to come and beat me. So you discover this man was not bitter and full of wrath because he was born that way. Somebody was busy breaking him back at home. Here is my servant. A bruised reed he will not break. Anger is a manifestation. Anger is not a nature. Bitterness is a manifestation. It is not the root. Confusion is a manifestation. It is not the root. It is not the nature. But today we only want to hang out with people who are not as confused, with people who are not as bitter, with people who are not as angry, yet. Pastor Kimani, I had a vision yesterday morning. I saw the Lord Jesus preaching. And this is what was happening. All around him were people saying, There were people casting him all over as he was preaching during his days. There were people questioning him all over as he was preaching. Yet he did not stop healing. Yet he did not stop forgiving. Yet he did not stop encouraging. Today we have pastors who must check into a psychologist. What happened to being Christians before even you were a pastor? What happened to being a Christ-like person? Who does not care so much when the Pharisees are throwing stones and when the Sadducees are questioning where are the true Christians? Here is my servant, a bruised reed. He will not break. When you find it broken or bruised, do not damage it. When you find it a bit mm, cracked, do not force a further crack. Be like Christ. People have stories. People have reasons for behaving the way they are behaving. Give them a chance. And the Bible says, number two, a smoldering wick, he will not snuff out. These are people who have lacked fire. A smoldering wick was like kitambi, where you put the, 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 the matchstick and it begins to light. Now some people's fire is about to die. They used to love Jesus. They no longer love Jesus. They used to be in church. They are no longer in church. They used to be obedient. They are no longer obedient. They used to believe in prophets. Now they are criticizing prophets. And their fire is just about to die. Some were taken to schools and they no longer want to go to school. They just want to go to the streets. And you find such. And the Lord says, this smoldering week that is about to die off, I beg you, do not kill it. Do not stop it. This vision that is about to die off, do not kill it. 
when we talk about missions, we are not only looking at bruised people, broken people. We are also looking at people whose vision needs to be in the emergency room, courtesy of the Christ in us. As I'm speaking, I'm being reminded in my own life of cousins and nephews who were bright in school. People who had the dreams, they had the fire, but now they are feeling like giving up. And I'm being reminded to go and pour more oil on them rather than telling them, now you are about to give up. Now you are about to lose it. The world has a language. It is a language of perfectionism. It is a language of do it or you are out. It is a language of you must behave yourself. You must get it together. That is the language of the world. Peter denies Jesus three times. Before he denies Jesus, he had cast Jesus. The Bible says, and he began to curse and swear. I don't know that man. Yet, the Lord says, this is my chief apostle. He is cursing, he is swearing, he has a temper, he has a big mouth. But I can see what will happen when this damage in in him as a fisherman is finally repaired. I know what he will become. Why do I bring these things to your attention during fasting? The Bible says now in uh, the famous Isaiah 58, the one people use for fasting, I will quote it very fast. From verse 6. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to lose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is this not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? We have work to do. We have work to do. And we don't need to go back to Bible school. We don't even need a seminar to go and do the work. If Christ is truly in us, and is truly our priority, we will do it. Boys don't just fight. They don't just kick things. Men don't just drink. People don't just cheat on their spouses. There are things pushing these people. There is a place broken to the naked eye. You cannot see it. People are not just bad because they were born bad. Something is broken. And it is waiting for Christ through a Christian to fix it. Here is my servant. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering flux he will not quench. What is going on in our society is not the devil running amok. It is not the devil becoming too powerful. It is Christians forgetting to be Christians. It is Christians forgetting the heartbeat of Jesus. There were days men were fed without a budget. When the compassion is there, resources will be there. Did you hear me? When compassion is there, resources will be there. A healing evangelist, Pastor Chris Oyakilame, was asked, 
what is your secret to doing so much healing? He said, very simple. Before I can heal them, I must feel them. I feel for them. I cry for them. Till I have nothing to give them other than healing. Christ is waiting for you. Christ is waiting for me. Now some of you are veterans of prayer. Minimize your prayer. Maximize your Jesus. Maximize your Jesus. To those broken people, to those smoldering fluxes that are about to miss heaven, maximize your Jesus. What is it that is keeping us away from maximizing Jesus? I have told you number one. Felix had a source of income. He took all his time, all his energy. He took all his attention and all his devotion away. The other thing that was destructive was the customs and the regulations that he was used to. This is how governors behave. So by the time Paul is introducing Jesus, he let it pass so that he could concentrate on what made sense. Gongrod, Deliverance Church. Soon, we will stand before the Father to get our approval through Christ. My question to you is this. What will be your approval? I served with a politician, a famous guy, all of you know him. And he told me, though he was born again, I am first of all a, po a politician before I am anything else. And he meant it. And I could see it. Because when it comes to his votes and his, his fame and his name and his, his title, he could do anything. And every day I wept for him. Every day I begged God for him to open his eyes to see that Christ Jesus is the only priority. Tomorrow morning, if the Lord tarries and the masses of God remain on us, all of us will wake up. The same tomorrow evening, if the Lord tarries and we are in good health, all of us will go to bed. My question is this. Where will be Jesus in all that? Missions is not about, oh, I was in prayer, hallelujah, and I had a dream, I had a vision, and I was shown India. Those are activities. That is geography. Missions is about, I am a believer in Christ. Somebody is broken. Somebody is bruised. Somebody is losing his sense of vision. I have injected something. That is missions. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news. Are you preaching the good news? What news are you preaching? 
He has sent me to proclaim good news to the poor. Who are the poor? People with nothing. They have no knowledge. They have no Bible. They have no John 3.16. They are poor. They have no good manners. They don't know even how to sit. Those are the poor. <laughs> the men who hung around Jesus were poor men. Poor even in manners. They didn't even know how to dress. They were poor. They had poor fashion taste. They had poor sense of nutrition. One of them even had locust and wild honey Christ. These people were poor. Yet, the choice of God was on them. The mark of God was on them. This week, we are going to pray. But we are also going to act. And beyond this week, we will carry a lifestyle. A lifestyle that introduces Christ to the world without a lot of fanfare, without a lot of advertising, without a lot of gimmicks. I told a friend of mine, and I, I thank God he listened to me. I told him, that neighbor of yours you, are one, you want to make to be a Christian so that he can close his business of selling drugs, don't even tell him you are saved. Don't even tell him you are a pastor. Just live for Christ before him. So he told me, how do I make it? How do I live that way? Remember, he's a preacher. I told him, number one, this man has a stomach. Touch that stomach with the food. Number two, that man has clothes. Touch those clothes with your soap. Now, does it mean all of us are going to be social workers? No. But all of us must be so passionate to introduce Christ till you are scheming for your mission like your life depends on it. Are you hearing me? I told him, stop telling him, oh, I'm a pastor and I am saved. Stop that. He has had enough of that, even from yours truly. Yet he did not get saved. I told him he has a stomach. Get food there. He has clothes. Get soap there. He has needs. Pray over them. He is lonely. Get a movie. Watch together. Just be a Christian. Good news. Three months into the job, he dramatically gave his life to Christ yesterday. People are careful how they plan their journey to Shago and abroad, but they are not careful how they plan their journey to the world for Jesus. Go into the world. That is a journey. You need to plan for it. You need to put details of your heart in the planning. Am I becoming emotional, guys? And I've seen guys who mean business with Jesus. Now, they are not evangelists. They are just Christians. So yesterday night, I had the pleasure of greeting the new brother in town. And now, next week, we are getting him a Bible. We already got him a journal to write the prophecies he received yesterday as he was getting saved. And the man could not wait to go to church this morning. Did we read the Bible? No. We cooked food. 
we washed his shirt. Oh, come, come. Your shirt is dirty. Look at you. You need to get a wife. Meanwhile, get us your shirt. Crusades are no longer producing my people. People have seen crusades. <laughs> they have seen TBN until they switched off their subscription. They need you and the Jesus in you. You have to give it to them or you will answer your conscience on that day. Can you remember what I told you about the centurion? After all the battles he had fought, there was one summary. Great is thy faith. What should be your summary? You are a Christian. That should be your summary. Paul, a brother in the faith. Timothy, a brother in the faith. Nothing else. Not the wealthiest man on the east side of the town. Not the most eloquent man on the stage. Just a Christian. Last scripture before we pray. John 12. A favorite scripture. John 12. Verse 20 to 22. John 12. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip who was, with Beth, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee with a request. What was their request? Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Who are the Greeks? They are the intellectuals. Who are the Greeks? They are the thinkers. Who are the Greeks? They are the opinion leaders. Who are the Greeks? They are the media personalities. Who are the Greeks? They are the shining luminaries in the world. When they are given a chance to really ask what they want, they want Jesus. They don't want any more advice. Their head is paining after so many advices, most of which do not work. They do not need a better hospital. Some of them have built them. They do not need a better cloth. Some of them are the designers. They want Jesus. Don't give them your songs. Don't give them your tunes. Don't give them your poems. Don't not give them your money. Give them Jesus. How do you give them Jesus? Identify what is broken and begin to fix it. Identify what is dying out. Add oil so that it cannot die. People are like animals. They respond to stimuli. When you give them hatred, they respond in hatred. When you give them Jesus, they respond to life. Today there are so many petty things going on. So many loud things going on. We wish Jesus was going on. What a night. To reconsider our heartbeat. Now I know some of you, you want to go abroad, you want to go to, 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 to shop in Dubai, whatever man, you have grand dreams. Some of us, like you as truly want to get married, you know. See, my shall as my However, 
Life does not consist in what a man owns. Is it the same Jesus who said it in Luke? Life does not consist in what a man owns. Because who is life? Jesus is life. Pastor Kimani, I met a lady in the mountain and she has hated me ever since. I looked at her after several weeks of fasting and she was all malnourished and all, you know, cracked with the sun. And I told her, sister, the Lord is saying, he is the one who made John the Baptist to be famous and to be great. Till he makes you, you, are, you can do nothing. Only lean on him to make you what he wants to make you. The lady was offended. Why? This Jesus message is so cheap for some people. It is so weak. It does not produce. It does not excite. So since that day, every time she sees me, she avoids me because I am a Jesus fanatic. She wanted a prophecy about your husband. I can locate him in the spirit. Those kind of things. God punished the devil. And here I am quoting Jesus and John the Baptist and all these things of leaning on Jesus. This was not exciting to the flesh to make her pray more. This was even slowing her down from prayer to make her lean in instead of fighting and figuring out things. Tell your neighbor, go back to Jesus. Our mission it's not about we have hired the microphone and we have the speaker that can move around, you know, like a magic, magic stick. We do not have those as our mission objectives. We have a landlord who is broken, right? We have a watchman who is confused, right? We have a manamba who is abusive, right? We have these people at our doorstep. Let's give them Jesus. Let's not give them books like sometimes I do. Let's give them Jesus. And guys, forgive me, my books are so many. <laughs> I've been giving you guys books after books. But please, it is all to push you to Jesus. The revival we want, Pastor Kimani, is that Jesus will be the obsession of the people. Long after they are healed, they still need Jesus. Long after they are cured, they still need Jesus. I love you, Lord. There's a story I told you people as I plan to pray. Of the man who stood before the throne of God on the last day. Such a big man, all of you know him, I can't mention names. And he stood before the throne. And there was one question. What did you do? And he looked like he was naked because he had blown it all away. Now he was famous. He had books. He had DVDs and CDs. He had a big church, big jet, blah, blah, blah. But this man had one question he received from God that he couldn't answer. This was the question. Where did you put my son? And he couldn't answer it. Because his ministry was more important than the son of God, in whose name he was ministering. 
Now, I'm, I know you need money. I know you need scholarship. I know you need a husband. I know you need a wife. Even me, I need a wife. God knows I need a wife. But please, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus when you lift your hands to pray? You know, it got me so embarrassed, Mama Florence. Till when I pray, I, I, I watch my mouth. I'm like, Lord, am I begging you and getting you and focusing on you? When I pray and I begin to mention issues, I'm like, Lord, is this issue more important than you as the person? Yes, there is need for that money, but please, Lord, can I take 20 minutes mentioning that money or take 20 minutes just mentioning you? Are you my need? Are you my only agenda on the notebook? Till we have the heart of Jesus. We may be busy, but not effective. We may be famous, but not significant for eternity. Let's get it straight. It begins with Jesus. It continues with Jesus. It ends with Jesus. The revelation says, I am the Alpha, and the continuation, and the Omega. It begins with Jesus. It continues with Jesus. It finishes with Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Be on our feet. Can go back, guys. Bless you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you. Jesus, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Jesus, it's all about you. Jesus, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. One thing the Lord is going to do, which is His nature to do, is going to heal all who are sick. And right now, in the name of Jesus, as we continue in ministry, you who are sick, receive your healing. Receive it. 